You guys decided to spend some time with us today uh, here at Church in the Valley, uh, Christmas in the Courtyard, we're going to call it, I think. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, my name is Jeep Underwood, and we're going to be looking today at just the, just the truth that God really is with us. I'm going to be speaking for a little bit this morning. And we're looking at just the, in the story of Christmas, that's really what this is about, is that God really became one of us, and he became, he became really with us in a way that he had never been before. And this is, you know, this is a real busy time of year. It's a real busy time of year. It's real easy to get so busy that you just miss some significant things and the important things in the season. And, uh, I wanted to just, I want to tell a story uh, just about, uh, that I really like about the Wright brothers. Uh, just the very first airplane that ever flew. <clears throat> they, uh, I love going to Washington DC. We, uh, been to the Air and Space Museum a few times and actually saw their, this plane that they flew. It's kind of amazing they got this thing in the air because it's, like, huge. But they tried for several months. They, they were trying many, many things to try to get this thing in the air. And then in, in December 17, 1903, they achieved flight. It's the first time that a, a plane actually, under its own power, began to fly. And they uh, flew for an entire 12 seconds, and they went 120 feet. Pretty exciting stuff. And then they flew about four more times, uh, three more times that day, and the longest they went was about 800 feet, <clears throat> and uh, it was for about a 59-second flight. Now, to them, they were just so excited about that. And so they went and they telegraphed their their sister, Catherine, and told her several things. They detailed, they detailed, hey, here's the flights we took, here's how far we went, this is how long it took, and tell the press. And then they said... And we're going to be home for Christmas. And so she was pretty excited about all of those things. And so she took that telegram to the local newspaper uh, in Dayton, Ohio, to the editor. And the editor took a look at it, and he's reading through it. And he says, well, that's nice. The boys will be home for Christmas. And you go, whoa, I think you missed something, bud. You know, uh, there's a little more going on in that that telegram. But for him, just a few seconds of flight just didn't seem very significant. It didn't seem like a very significant thing. But man had actually flown. And, you know, for us today in our world, we can't even imagine a world where we couldn't just jump on an airplane and fly anywhere we want in the world, anytime we want, as long as we have enough money. But it's just, it's just, it, we can't imagine a world without that. But before December 17, 1903, man had never flown. And what they did that day, even though it was just a small beginning, it actually completely changed the world we live in. Had a huge impact, very significant thing that was going on. I think, I think that when you, if, for folks that were watching the Christmas story from the outside, just people that maybe just knew Joseph and Mary and they knew things were going on, I think what they would have seen is just kind of a normal everyday couple just doing what they needed to do. Uh, the, the, what was going on at that time is the Roman emperor had decided everyone was going to be taxed, so there's this census, and so they had to, there's this couple, Joseph and Mary, that had to travel to Bethlehem so they could be counted just because the government told them to. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that, doing things that the government requires of you. So they're just ordinary people. They're going down, and they go to town. They get to Bethlehem, ordinary people, and they're just told, you know, we don't have any place for you. And so they just they found a place for some shelter. And when Mary had her baby, when she had Jesus, she had to put him in a, in a manger, which is just like a feeding trough. For, uh, for animals. So not the most sanitary environment. I know when we had our kids, we went and checked out the place, made sure it was nice, but with them, they were just ordinary people, 
and they just had to do what they needed to do. And, but during that, but through that story, through that time, God was actually doing something very significant and very extraordinary that he had been planning on for quite some time. In fact, about 700 years earlier, if you look uh, back in the book of Isaiah, uh, God had, God had actually, he was talking with the king. There was a, there was a story of King Ahaz, the king of Judah, and King Ahaz had two kings that allied against him, and they were coming against him, and he was really fearful because he was going to be taken out by these two kings. And so God sent Isaiah, and he said, go tell Ahaz that it's okay, I'm going to take care of it, you don't need to worry. So Isaiah does that, and, he, and God says, okay, tell Ahaz to ask for a sign that I'm going to do this. And so Ahaz, he's a guy, he didn't really follow God much, and he just said no. He, he said, no, I'm not going to ask for a sign. And So God says, well, I'm going to give you a sign. And this is what he says in uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Uh, Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. You now this moment in time was something that God was really looking forward to. In fact, if you look in, the, you look in uh, Matthew, the Matthew's account of how Jesus was born in chapter 1, he, he calls back to that prophecy and he says this. He says, Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord to the prophet. Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So this, this is something when, when God, when God picked a sign, he picked something I think that was really on his heart. It was really on his mind. It was something he's looking forward to. It was something that was on his calendar. It's something that he had been planning since the beginning. And it was something that was going to fundamentally change the world. And it was God with us, that he was actually going to become one of us. And, you know, it was God with us. It wasn't God near us. It wasn't God around us. It wasn't God in the same county as us. But really, it's God with us in our ordinary lives. He was going to meet us right where we're at, just like he did them in the Christmas story. Now, it's hard to see. It's hard to see the significance of a birth when it happens. It's just a baby. You know, it's just... You gotta take care of the little baby. It's hard to see the significance of what someone's gonna be. As an example, I just wanna, I'd like to tell just a, we'll go back to history again to the year 1809. And in 1809, what was happening in the world at that time was right in the middle of Napoleon trying to conquer Europe. And so that year of 1809, he was trying to conquer Austria. And he actually wound up doing that, but it was a big campaign that was going through Austria. But during that same time frame, there were several very significant births that were happening in that same year. There was uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson, uh, a poet, an English poet. There was uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, uh, a poet and a physician from the United States. Uh, there, was, uh, there was a man named Charles Darwin that was born in 1809. And there, in a long cabin in the state of Kentucky, there was a man, a boy, a baby named Abraham Lincoln that was born who had a little bit of an impact on the world. And, you know, it would seem, if you were to go back then, in 1809, and ask someone, what's the big thing that's happening? They would have been, they would have thought that really it's what was happening in Austria. The most significant thing was happening was what was happening in Austria, that Napoleon was taking over Austria. But, but actually the impact on history, the biggest impact on history was actually happening in those babies' lives. Those kids, they grew up, 
and they had a bigger impact on history than Napoleon ever did in his conquest of Austria. And, you know, it was the same kind of thing 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, the big news that was going on is that the Roman Empire was going to tax everyone and everyone had to be counted. And so there's all this movement where people are, that's all happening. That's what's on, that's what everyone's thinking about. But the biggest thing that was happening is there was a young girl, uh, who had just given birth in Bethlehem and had laid that baby in a manger and it was God with us. That God would actually become one of us, the most significant thing that was happening then. And that really that people would have direct access to God and have a, be able to have this close relationship with Him. That's really why Jesus came. I really like, I really like what the author Max Licato says about that moment. He says this. He says, the artist became a paint drop on his own canvas. The one who was never bound by time came to live in a world marked by time. He who could be anywhere at any time had voluntarily reduced himself to just 33 years and to just as far as his feet would take him. And the one who was never tired needed to get some sleep. And the one who the one who was never hungry needed to find something to eat. And he really did. He really did become one of us. And why did he do that? Why did he do that? He really wanted he wanted a real relationship with us. And for that, he had to become one of us. He had to become one of us because he had to pay the price for our sins, which he did on the cross. And then he also became one of us so that we could really understand that he understands us and that he really knows us. He knows what it's like to be us and that we really get a chance to really get to know him. And because he really understands us, Hebrews 14, uh, Hebrews 4.16 says this, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God really wants to help each one of us. He really wants to enter our world. He wants to be with us. And he really wants to really help us uh, right where we're at with the things we're really dealing with. But it's tempting to think, it's tempting to think, but I'm just an ordinary person. I'm just an ordinary person. What's really interesting about everyone in the story of Christmas is that every one of the folks in the story of Christmas are just ordinary people, common people just like you and me. And the one thing we, we learned, that one of the truths of Christmas is that God, God really loves to come to ordinary people and make a difference in their lives. Like, and so right now, right now in our world, if you were to go pull up, uh, pull up the news, if you were to uh, take a look at the news that's on TV right now, some of the big things that are going on right now is that the federal government just shut down. And that may be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your perspective. <laughs> um, but the federal government shut down. We don't know, don't know when they're going to put it back, put it back online. Uh, the Secretary of Defense has, uh, has resigned. Those are things that they seem like really, really big things. And, and they, they do have very, they are significant things. But the most significant thing for us this week, the most significant thing for us this week is that God is with us. And I would like, uh, as I, as I wrap up this morning, in your life today, what would be the headlines? In your life today, what are the headlines going on with you? You know, maybe, maybe you're dealing with an unexpected hardship. Uh, maybe, maybe you're overwhelmed right now with, uh, your responsibilities. Maybe, Maybe you've started a new venture and you're just not sure how it's all going to turn out. You know, maybe, maybe you're fearful about something that's coming up in the future. 
I would, I would really encourage you to take some time this week and spend some time with God. Take your cares to Him and really ask Him for help. Really ask Him to help you with where you're at. The most significant things in our lives today is that God is really with us. And that's the really, that's the big thing about Christmas. And it really, it means that He cares about us, He understands us, and He really wants to help us. So with that, I'd like to, I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and, and come back up. And if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, this is a great time to go ahead and do that. You can drop it in the offering buckets when they come by. And I'd like to go through just a few things, some, a couple of questions. As you go through this week, a couple of questions to ask yourself. Kind of look at, look at your own life and ask, where do I need to experience God with me this week? Where do I need to experience God with me this week? And then the second question is, how can I help others experience God with us the way I have? How can I help other people experience God with us like I have? With that, let me me pray for us. God, I just thank you. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this group of people. I thank you, God, that you really are with us. And that's the truth. And God, I just pray that as we as we go through the remainder of the Christmas season, as we enjoy Christmas, I just pray that you would uh, really make us very aware of your presence in our lives and that you're really with us and that we really run to you and really ask you for help. In Jesus' name, amen.